When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. It is day 18 of our Advent adventure and day three of the Human Experiment Week. What is it about humans that makes us so unusual? Other animals have language, they use tools, they even have a sense of self. They can pass culture from one generation to the next. But humans create culture on an entirely different level. Our culture is combinatory and exponential. It's also one of the most beautiful things about humans. And nowhere is human culture richer or on fuller display than in our music. Flutes have been found dating back 40,000 years. Music is a human language that developed long before writing or the alphabet or hieroglyphics. And today, we're going to visit one of the most musical places in one of the most musical cities in the world. We're joining producer Baudelaire Seuss on a trip to Congo Square in New Orleans. We're going to hear how African drumming found its way into American music and the birth of jazz. That's up next. Bambula! New Orleans is one of my favorite places to visit. There's the amazing food, the voodoo traditions, and of course, the music. The music is literally everywhere in New Orleans. But there's one place a couple blocks away from the French Quarter where a lot of this music was born. A place with a history that goes back hundreds of years. A small square that was once a refuge for enslaved peoples. And to this day, it's a sacred place that's honored every Sunday. My name is Baudelaire, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we visit Congo Square in New Orleans, and we sit down with a Congo Square legend to hear how at the center of all the history is the rhythm of a drum. More after this. It is most fitting to celebrate and honor jazz in New Orleans, the birthplace of the music. And personally, I'm deeply 
humbled to stand here in Congo Square, the exact physical location where so many of the greatest artists, composers, thinkers gave shape, form, and substance to jazz. That voice belongs to jazz legend Herbie Hancock speaking to a crowd of thousands at the very first celebration of International Jazz Day in 2012. Quincy Jones, Dee Bridgewater, Hugh Maskella, and Lionel Luecki were there too, as well as local legends like Terrence Blanchard, the Treme Brass Band, and Kermit Ruffins. They all came to Congo Square in the heart of New Orleans to honor the space that was so important to the creation of jazz. The history of Congo Square goes back a few hundred years, and there's maybe no one in New Orleans today more involved with that history than another local legend, Luther Gray. My name is Luther Gray. I, I live in New Orleans, Louisiana. I'm the co-founder and uh, of the Congo Square Preservation Society, and I'm also band leader of Bambula 2000. I've been really active in the, uh, you know, the drum community here in New Orleans since the 1980s. How did you make it to New Orleans? That's a long story, but I, I think it's my ancestors, man. You know, because I had Luther has called New Orleans home for over three decades. But his story starts in the Midwest. I was home with my dad in Chicago. He had gotten sick. And so when he passed away, I applied for a job at Illinois Bell. They, they said they had a hiring freeze in Chicago, but they had openings in the South. Would I be willing to relocate? So I said, yeah. Luther's options were Atlanta, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, or New Orleans. So I'm a musician, so I said, well, New Orleans, you know. Luther's love for music goes way back to when he was just a little kid. I always liked drums, but I like playing with my hands, you know? Like, I think when I was like really young, I asked my, I looked at a series of Roebuck catalog, and I think I wanted a, 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 the bongos and maraca set. <laughs> so I think it's just, you know, I just kind of always was a drummer, but, you know, my dad was a, a horn player, but I'm a percussionist, so I, but I think I, I inherited you know, his love for music and creativity, you know. Luther moved to New Orleans in the early 1980s, but it wasn't until recently that he learned about his dad's relationship with the city. Then I found out just a few years ago that my father was in the Army. I knew that, but he was in the Negro Band, and they stationed him in Indiana, uh, then in Alabama, then in Jackson Barracks in New Orleans in the 1940s. So I said, wow, that's how I got here, because I came home to be with my dad. Luther's dad only lived in New Orleans while he was stationed there. But when Luther was in high school in Chicago, his dad gave him a book about the history of music in New Orleans and in Congo Square. So when Luther eventually moved to New Orleans, he knew what he was walking into. He tapped in with some local drummers, and they started a group called Percussion Incorporated. They were all about entertaining through music, but they also felt that they could use their talents to bring the community together. So... We applied for a grant through Jazz Fest, Jazz and Heritage Foundation, to do uh, drum workshops in African-American neighborhoods. Luther and his group were actually denied the grant, but that didn't matter. They thought of an even better venue for their workshop, a public square, but not just any public square. So we, what we said was, well, let's just go to Congo Square and have it over there. How did... Congo Square get its name? It became like a popular name more so than an official name. And so 
there are over 19 different African nations who were brought into New Orleans, you know, through the transatlantic and domestic slave trade. And, and what, what we found from the research said that a, a very large number of the people who came into New Orleans from Africa were from the Congo. So I think we just had a very dominant, a very, very dominant Congolese culture in New Orleans over all this time. And even, you know, the, the, the rhythm of New Orleans is based on a, a rhythm from the Congo called the Bambula. This is the Bambula rhythm. So the Bambula, the Bambula from, from the Congo means to remember your ancestors. Playing that rhythm was a way for enslaved Africans to remember and to connect with their ancestors and with the homeland that they were taken from. And Congo Square was where they got together. The tradition of drumming that, that took place in, in Congo Square as early as the 1700s really wasn't being practiced on a regular basis. You heard that right. People had been drumming in Congo Square dating all the way back to the 1700s. And it happened on Sundays because a lot of the enslaved people in New Orleans were baptized Catholic. Their enslavers gave them the day off to go to church. But after church was over, they'd head over to Congo Square and spend the rest of the day drumming, dancing, and pouring libations. The Sunday drum circles continued into the 1800s. After emancipation, something interesting happened. Africans really got hold of horns in a big way after the Civil War. When the Civil War ended and the Confederacy lost, you know, New Orleans was one of the, the, the real, big capitals of the Confederacy, and they had really big marching bands here in Louisiana, in New Orleans. So they abandoned the instruments. So then black folks started picking up the trumpet, the trombone, the tuba, the clarinet, the saxophone. You know what I'm saying? But they're still playing it from an African perspective, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, or Caribbean perspective. But now they got horns to play, you know? So I think that's, it's just the evolution. We just, we, we're going to adapt to whatever we can, whatever we can use to, to be creative with. They started bringing those instruments to Congo Square, layering them on top of the rhythms of the drums, and this is how jazz was born in Congo Square. And in that same mix of rhythms and instruments was born the signature sound of New Orleans. You know what that rhythm is in New Orleans? That's the second line. If you've ever been to, seen, or heard the French Quarter or Mardi Gras celebrations or so-called jazz funerals, you've heard the second line. So in the 1980s, Luther and his group had this history in mind when they organized a month of drum circles in Congo Square. So over those four weeks, we, we, young people came, children, women, African-Americans, whites, different kind of folks. See, after four weeks, you know, we said, well, you know, thank y'all. Uh, this is really good. So, and then everybody at the, at the session said, y'all not going to be here next week? <laughs> so we said, well, because uh, we're going to be here next week. In other words, the community said we, we shouldn't stop. They did those first four sessions on Saturdays, but Luther and his group decided they would move the day to Sunday to line up with the traditional day of drumming in Congo Square. They were excited but they also saw that the square was in rough shape. And so we, we noticed when we were out there that on Louis Armstrong Park, that's where Congress Square is located within Louis Armstrong Park in Jamaica. We noticed that there were hypodermic needles laying around, broken bottles, feces. The park wasn't really being kept up, so we called Park and Parkways 
and to tell them about it. And they said, well, you know, the city's having trouble with, you know, keeping the parks together because of budget problems. And so people are adapting different parts of the city. Would y'all like to adapt Congo Square? So we said, oh, yeah. So they said, what's the name of your organization? So on the phone, I'm just saying, like, uh, we're the Congo Square Foundation. I just made up a name, right? So that's how we started, like, cleaning up and drumming. We've been drumming there ever since. So that's really how we got started. The Congo Square drum circles have been going ever since. Each week, there's a crowd of musicians, dancers, and onlookers. And then there was that one day in 2012. A few years ago that the, the United Nations have UNESCO, they had like International Jazz Day with, with uh, Herbie Hancock. Right there in Congo Square. Here's Herbie again. I want to thank the entire jazz community of musicians, composers, educators, and you, the fans, for participating and being advocates for International Jazz Day. And please do all you can to support the music today and every day of the year. Thank you, New Orleans. Thank you. It was a day of musical performances with crowds of people dancing and celebrating the history of Congo Square. If you watch the video of the event, you'll see Luther every now and then on the drums. Must have been two, three, four, five thousand people out there. Luther left his corporate job in 2019, and since then, he's been able to dedicate his energies to Bambula 2000 and the Congo Square Preservation Society full-time. You can catch him at Congo Square giving the history, and of course, playing the drums with his people, remembering his ancestors. What is your, personally, like what is your favorite part of, of playing music in Congo Square, right? Like you could be playing music anywhere in the world. Like why do why do you keep going back to Congo Square every Sunday? Well, I think back I think back about my dad. You know what I'm saying? That you know, he was the one who took me to get my first conga drum and get my first book that I read at Congo Square. You know, he was a musician, and without him, me coming home to be with him, I wouldn't have came to New Orleans. So I I, I really think that what my favorite part is just I mean like I have to show up because you know for one thing I got all the drums. <laughs> You know, so, so I, got, I got the drum, man. I got a drum house, man. So, so, and like, it's, uh, you know, so they said, Luther, where you at? I said, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, I'm on my way, you know. But I, I think it's really a calling for me. Special thanks to Luther Gray for sitting down to talk to me about Congo Square. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Dylan Therese, Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed by Luce Fleming, Baudelaire Seuss. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There's a link in our episode description. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. My name is Baudelaire.
Witness Docs from Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.